0: Good morning. Good morning on this 15th of March, 2022. This is the day that the Lord has made, even though you're going to hear others say, Beware the Ides of March. Yeah, I'm going to talk about that actually at the top of the next hour. So I hope you are able to be with us for the full two hours of the program today. We have a lot to talk about. We are bringing the mind of Christ to bear on the matters of this day. We're going to talk about how the gospel is being extended through technology to the whole world. Um, But I'm going to lead off here talking about um, moments in history. So how do you know that a moment is a historic moment? I mean, certainly like the birth of your child, like that's a historic moment. But it's hard to know in the midst of a historic moment that this is a historic moment. As I think about that, it occurs to me that most of the people who met Jesus in the flesh missed the moment like, right? They missed uh, a moment that should have gone down in history as the moment that they met Jesus. Part of the challenge to pointing like at a particular event in real time and saying, don't miss this. This is a moment people are going to recall in the future. This is a moment that will live in infamy. I mean, the, the reason we resist saying that is, we would likely be wrong. You know, things that we see as monumental or significant in the moment um, may not actually prove to be a historical hinge upon which something really hangs. But, but there are moments not to be missed. And certainly in In war, there are moments that change things, moments when everything changes, moments when public sentiment shifts, moments of national resolve that translate into personal courage, or moments when an individual demonstrates the kind of moral courage to say, here I stand, I can do no other. Sometimes the first person to take that kind of stand is actually not remembered. But eventually, eventually, the act of one individual seems to light a fire that cannot be put out. And so I want to point to an event that took place yesterday and say, is it possible, is it possible that one of those moments that turn as a hinge of history took place? And if so, I don't want us to miss it. Her name is Mariana Ovsayanakova. Mariana Avsiannikova. And she was, until yesterday, an editor for Russia's premier state news outlet, Channel One. She is now in a Russian jail. What did she do? She stood up, and she spoke truth to power. During the evening broadcast on Channel One Russia, the most prominent news network in the nation of Russia, Mariana Avsiannikova, rushed onto the set and stood behind the anchor and chanted in Russian, no to war, stop the war. She held a sign that read in Russian, stop the war, don't believe propaganda. They're lying to you here. And then she wrote in English, Russians against war. Prior to the broadcast, she had posted a statement on social media um, identifying You know, the reality in her own life that her dad is Ukrainian and her mom is Russian. This is not a war that she wants. Um, So, uh, is this going to prove to be a hinge moment? I don't think we yet know, but it's possible. It's possible. Might the Russian people wake up to the reality of what's going on? And might they have the moral courage of this one individual. Now, I believe that ultimately Vladimir Putin's effort to conquer his neighbor is going to prove futile. Now, I don't know how long it's going to take. I don't know how many lives are going to be lost before freedom wins the day, but I believe the day will come. Why do I believe that? Because I have this hope based on a moment in history that serves as The ultimate hinge. It took place in the middle of a war for all of humanity. It took place on a hill called Calvary, outside of a city called Jerusalem. A man named Jesus, fully God and fully human, died in an act of substitution for human sin. Each sin and all sin for all humanity, for you, for me. And on that hinge, all of history swung in the direction of justice and liberty and freedom and love. And I don't think that anything in all of history can ever really swing against it. Moments make a life, and the moment that will matter most in every life is exactly the same moment. You have a moment, and I have a moment, and every other human being has a moment when we consider Jesus. And we respond to God's love offered by grace. And not only this life, but our eternal life hangs on that hinge. So how do you respond to that individual act in a moment in time? You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge, and this is Faith Radio. Nick Pitts is here, not only newly married, but now a land baron. He has bought a house. Nick, welcome back.
2: Why, hello, Carmen. And as the great Joe Exotic said from our earlier days in the pandemic, I don't know if I'll financially recover from this, but here we are.
0: (laughs) Welcome to the property ladder. Okay, so um, let's talk about oil and gas. One of the things we don't often tell people about you is that this is actually your area of expertise. And so I thought, hmm, who better to ask uh just a general question? What's the truth about gas prices and oil production?
2: A great question, and so it's my chief area of curiosity to say the <laughs> least. And so um, let's run through a little bit of numbers and just recognize the truth that what you will likely hear in a two-minute snippet uh, on TV, etc., there's a greater story that's at play. So, understanding Russia. So, Russia is the world's biggest exporter of oil to global, second biggest exporter uh, to global markets with crude oil. They're behind Saudi Arabia. They're they're shipping out approximately three million barrels per day um, the EU is going to significantly rely on Russia for their uh, for their gasoline specifically so that's going to be about Forty-five percent of its imports, and so when you think about when you think about gas, Russian gas, you need to think about the heating of your home, the drying of your clothes, the cooking of your food that are all utilizing gas. But then also recognize there's the distinction between oil and gas, which we know oil being the thing that uh, oil being the byproduct that you put into your car. And so we to understand that, let's put it into comparison of what it's happening in the US right now the ripple effects of what's happening so in the US we consume approximately around 20 20- uh, million barrels of oil daily so we're a, we're a pretty thirsty uh, country relative to our consumption of oil um, of that 20 million barrels we rely very little on russia for that that's largely due to the utilization of our own reserve our utilization of our own resources as well as kind of the fracking boom that happened relative to the gas market and so we probably we rely on Russia for around 90 uh, thousand barrels of crude oil a day so we're having a very small impact now listeners y- y- y'all have probably so wait, heard just, just the pause
0: just pause just pause for a second yep. so 90 thousand barrels out of 20 million a day.
2: Very minuscule, yes okay I got it very mm-hmm. minuscule so um, and so you, you probably heard we we're, we're going to ban the import of Russian oil and while that's a while that's a significant measure message from a posturing standpoint it's a very minuscule uh, message um, and so when, when you see those rising gas prices right now upwards of four five dollars I, I don't even know what it is it was four fifty I think um, earlier this week and now we're already seeing it it's probably above that in some areas of the country right now um, so you're probably wondering how is such a small percentage of oil that's coming from Russia and now that we're banning how is that having such a drastic impact on the price of the pump well the reality is it's It's not and it is. So it's not in that there are other countries that are 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 beginning to take positions against Russian oil. But the reality that's unique to facing here in the U.S. is we have an inflation crisis that's happening. So it's more than just what's happening relative to Russia. Yes, that plays a part in it, but it's a small part in comparison to kind of some of the inflation story that's that's continuing to ripple across the U.S., and then just from our perspective, what's really interesting of what we're seeing with this inflation crisis right now that's tied to – and directly uh, – it's pretty connected to oil is to recognize that – and I'm sure many of your listeners, and I know I myself can hear uh, – because of what's happening relative to inflation, the average American is spending upwards of $250 more a month on goods and services because we recognize how interconnected oil and gas is to, um, is to our economy. Because at the end of the day, a trucker that's going to move your food is going to have to increase the price of said food because it costs more to transport that and so it's getting passed around in a variety of different areas and so we're seeing the centrality of how oil and gas impacts so many of the goods and services we utilize and consume every day
0: yeah so when you sit down at a table and eat a meal and you just trace back um the origin you know where did that you know where did that pile of peas come from um, one of the conversations we had at our table is the cost of not just getting that potato from you know Idaho to Tennessee or not just getting that you know pea pod from wherever it is that it grew this time of year to my table fresh um, it 's not just the transportation cost the the cost of the farmer has gone yeah. up because everything on a farm runs on fuel everything, yep. and so we recognize that if you 're listening right now if you 're a farmer if you 're a trucker if you 're um, I mean, you know, first of all, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, um, because I like my peas and my potatoes. Uh, but also, we just recognize that our food costs are going up because fuel is going up and farming costs are going up. Um, and so all of that is uh, just a part of the inflationary cycle we are currently in. All right, Nick, we got to take a very brief break. When we come back, I'd love to pivot this conversation to some other things going on in the culture, this one at the intersection of um, the conversation in Ukraine, and what you and I have talked about on earlier occasions, just you know how God designed babies to come into the world and how that 's supposed to work. Um, Ukraine is the world leader in surrogacy we 're going to talk about um, the commodification of children and what 's going on now in the middle of war as these babies are being born. And technically, their parents aren't in Ukraine, although the woman who gave birth to them is. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Continuing our conversation with Nick Pitts, he's an institute. Uh, He's a fellow at the Institute for Global Engagement. I was going to call you an institute. That didn't sound right. (laughs) (laughs) He's not yet an institution. He's aspiring to be.
2: I don't know. It's the the Jay-Z line. I'm not a businessman. I'm a business man. Uh, There you go. uh, Unlike Jay-Z, I am not an institution nor a business.
0: There you go. All right. So um, Ukraine, I have learned in the last uh, three weeks that it is the world leader in surrogacy. Uh, Lots of babies being born. But their parents are technically in foreign countries because these people rented a womb basically and now that woman who gave birth although she's the biological well I don't know no she's not I mean this is mm, it's a complex mess what's going on here
2: oh yeah so what we see is that Ukraine is a highly popular destination for individuals to have surrogacy pregnancies um, and a part of that is is one just the centrality of it but also a part of that is just the Affordability of it. So, um, article in the Wall Street Journal highlights the fact. Uh, 2020 study conducted out of Australia, and it found that the average cost uh, for a surrogacy pregnancy in the U.S., for example, is around 130 thousand dollars. Whereas that process in Ukraine is 43 thousand dollars. So we're all, we're talking um, we're talking just paying, talking significantly cheaper for individuals to be able. To do that, which is considered a blessing, a fruit of uh, a fruit of the, your labor, is the reality is that now many of these women are scrambling um, in order one to make sure to ensure their safety as well as the safety of this child. But then two, you have mothers and fathers across the country or across the world rather that are scrambling to try to get in and make sure that their their child is uh, safe and secure as well as the birth mother is.
0: Okay, so here was a question I was asked yesterday and I have no idea and I don't know if you know either, but I'll ask it anyway. So, um if the baby is technically the child of American parents, is the child an American? And if so, do we have citizens in Ukraine that need help getting out?
2: Well, I would I would say one I I don't know that specific question, right? Um I was I've always operated underneath the understanding that to be an American citizen is you have to be born into, uh, born onto, uh, born into uh, American territory or on American soil. And so I don't know if there's a, I can't, not that I can think of, is there if there's a military base in Ukraine um, that would uh, allow that to be an American citizenship, or you just going kind to of go through the naturalization uh, immigration process for that child to be. Um, to earn their citizenship uh, at a young age. I'm not quite sure about that.
0: Mm, yeah, so Congress enacted laws to determine how citizen, I'm reading this now, uh, I'm a child of a US citizen, but I was born outside the country. You are a US citizen, yeah. So okay. you either have to be, yeah, uh, you, your citizenship is conveyed by the citizenship of your parents, even if you are born outside of the United States. So now you see how complex this is going to get.
2: Oh yeah. And that okay. and that just, yeah, and and what we continue to see too is that's just another uh, another connection that so many Americans have to this country. We I, I was talking to a friend the other night about this and uh, she was sharing with me how she had gone to Ukraine multiple times on mission trips when she was younger because that was one of the places that her church and her uh, Baptist uh, Association had decided to adopt. And uh, so I know that here in Dallas, we have we have multiple churches across the Dallas area that have very strong connections to Ukraine, have, have been um, given over to some of their schools and orphanages and just decided to adopt them and work with them all these years. And so this just is just yet another connection that Americans have to this country that so many, uh, uh, so many Americans were just largely unfamiliar with until the past two months.
0: All right. We have uh, too many headlines to cover, but I'd love for you to give us a quick update on what's going on in the state of Texas, specifically related to um, Texas's abortion law.
2: Yeah. So what happens in Texas doesn't stay in Texas, right? So as of this morning, uh, just as last night, Idaho lawmakers passed a similar bill in idaho that would uphold that would again what's unique about the texas law relative to abortion is that it is putting the power of the enforcement of uh, restricting abortions past six weeks in the hands of citizens and not in the hands of state officials and so you have citizens that are able to identify and report to a fit uh, Texas state officials, when someone is aided, assisted uh, an abortion, and they can be fined, I believe, upwards of ten thousand dollars. That law was passed late last year, and it has been upheld by a recent Texas Supreme Court. Um, and that, and now that law has been um, replicated and passed by Idaho state lawmakers. the The kind of the numbers that are shocking about this is that we were very encouraged by this law from a just wanting the uh, wanting the desire for life is because a, a one report about 3 months ago found that our abortion rate has dropped by upwards of 60% since the law has been enacted. But what we found now, according to the University of Texas study that came out a couple of weeks ago, is that in reality, our our abortion rate, while still it's dropped by about 10%, what we're finding is that many of these mothers are flocking to other states in order to get an abortion in, in, in their pregnancy. And so while while we're encouraged by the fact that, yes, there are fewer abortions that are, are happening, what we're continuing to see is that we're putting the mother in a very distressed place as she's trying to end the life of her child.
0: It's uh, it's complicated. I, I think that what's going on at the state level across the country, um, you know, serves as good provocation for um, the Supreme Court to really seriously consider overturning Roe v. Wade and making, you know, returning this Uh, to the states in terms of, you know, how they're each going to function, but we will end up with a patchwork. And I think that's, that's what we're seeing evidence of uh, right now. All right. Thanks, Nick. As always, um, you know, let us, uh, let us know how we can participate in a housewarming. Super fun. Congratulations.
2: Oh, thank you so much, Carmen. Y'all have a great day. Blessings.
0: You too. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen Laburge. In just a moment, we're going to talk with Luke Moon from the Philos Project and Providence Magazine about Everything that's going on around the world, including the Iran nuclear deal, Russia, China, Saudi Arabia. Yep, we're going to spin the globe. We'll be right back. Um, We are going to turn our attention to what in the world is going on um, around the world. But uh, those of you who are texting in this morning on the text line, good morning. Just remember, if you're out there and you want to uh, say good morning and share what's uh, happening where you are, you can text me at 877-933-2484. I appreciate that um, uh, one of you out there is doing the uh, crossword puzzle but I don't need the screenshots of your crossword puzzle clues. You don't need to text those in because I can't do the crossword at the same time you're doing it. Um, and uh, Jim in Simsbury is asking how my parents are feeling. I shared that, um, you know, first of all, they're elderly. Not a surprise since I'm old, too. And uh, and that they have COVID. And so um, they're doing quite well. So thank you. Uh, the cough seems to be the the worst component for them because it keeps them up. And so, you know, you need a lot of sleep and they're not maybe getting a lot of really good long rest because they both have a um, nasty cough. So, but thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. They're doing quite well. Um, I certainly expect them to uh, recover and, uh, you know, tramp on into the next thing they have planned for this spring. Um, We're going to talk with Luke Moon about what in the world is going on in the world. Uh, President Zelensky from uh, Ukraine is going to be addressing the U.S. Congress tomorrow. We're going to touch on that. Um, We're going to talk about the Iran nuclear deal. Um, Russia asked China to support it with military aid. We're going to talk about how China has responded to that. And I'm going to ask Luke about um, what happened in Saudi Arabia on Saturday where they executed 81 people. Yeah, bad guys do bad things when we're all paying attention to other stuff. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge, and this is Faith Radio.
2: The wise men will bow down before the throne, and at his feet they'll cast their golden crowns
1: when the man comes around.
0: Luke Moon uh, is back. Luke works with the Philos Project. He also um, writes for Providence Magazine, and he is a friend of mine. Luke, good morning. Oh, How are you? Do I have him? Good morning. I'm yep. well. I'm well. Thank you. Um, all right. So President Zelensky uh, is going to address the U.S. Congress tomorrow. That um, that seems internationally significant. Um, wondering what you, you know, top of mind today um, in terms of uh, the situation in Ukraine.
1: Yeah, well, they, it is a very interesting development, right, it, that that Zelensky is going to speak to Congress. Uh, there, there were, you know, reminiscences of when Netanyahu went around uh, President Obama to to speak to Congress. Uh, there was, you know, in that kind of direction. They didn't ask the White House first. It's like we're gonna we're gonna brief Congress, uh, and so there was some irritation there. But really, the you know, to me the the challenge for the whole ukraine situation is that i i really am unsure how like what's the out for putin why doesn't he double down there's you know everybody has and nations included a fight or flight reaction to stuff and and at some point you know it's it's not it's not irrational for the Russian people to say, you know, all right, like the world's against us. Well, a pox on all your houses and and here we go. Right. Let's let's roll. And things get worse. It's 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 a very dangerous game that we're all playing, you know, not just the sanctions out of political leaders, but it's the it's the just the general shutdown of the entire nation by by big tech, by Wall Street, by, you know, like, you know, the airline, like everybody is shut out Russia. And mm-hmm. that that's, that's, that sets up a very dangerous precedence that, that I think Christians need to be cautious about because, you know, like they can do it to a country. They can do it to
0: you. A people group. Right? Yeah.
1: A people yeah. group. It's, it's yeah. very, it's, it's. I, I'm I'm very nervous, and and plus, I mean, heck, the, the last two world wars were were um, you know were started in the in Eastern Europe, and and the the map of Europe, the borders of Europe are are not very static. I mean, they have been for you know for for a while, but in the you know in the thousands of years that you know the continent has been, you know, like you know around millions you know people are shifting constantly and borders are shifting constantly and and we're like a little shocked that you know that a a sovereign nation's evading another one and yet like that has been the normative you know happenings of Europe for a long 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 time
0: um that's a sober thought if um you know if If this can happen in relationship to uh, a nation, it could certainly happen in relationship to a people group that is identifiable in some specific way. Uh, For those of you who um, are not yet aware, Russia is not only seizing the assets of companies that are leaving. As of yesterday, they're also seizing foreign aircraft and redeploying them uh, within Russia for domestic flights. The United States and the G7 have revoked Russia's um, trade status, which is going to lead to... um, more difficulty for the people of Russia in terms of the impact of um, ongoing sanctions. It's becoming very, very difficult uh, to live in Russia, certainly uh, in any way that uh, approximates what it was like to live there you know, just as recently as January. Um, talk with us, Luke, about Iran. We uh we hear rumblings about the Iran nuclear deal. We hear that it is on hold. Um, I suspect you hear that is very good news.
1: Oh yeah. I mean the fact that it's on hold is is like thank God. <laughs> really, and I don't mean that in like any kind of just flippant way, but but the Iran deal as it's being negotiated right now is absolutely terrible. Absolutely terrible. I mean just to leave aside the fact that it probably does absolutely nothing to stop the Iranians from getting nuclear weapons which I mean they're on the verge of right now right I mean they just they you know they're they they have enough for sure right now to create a dirty bomb they they might have enough to make an actual bomb and and so it doesn't do much but it does lift sanctions on some of the worst terrorists in the world some people who have who have been at the hand of killing Americans uh the the republican guard which is the which is the kind of the you know the, the real bad guys of the Iranian military they get they get lifted off the terror watch list um it, there's there's aspect of it that prevents future uh american presidents from undoing what is done and adding new sanctions on it and on top of that it would, I mean, it would it would create this nuclear umbrella over Iran, which would prevent, like, I mean, like right now, the why are we, why are we sitting by and watching uh, a maternity ward get destroyed by the Russian military because we're afraid because of Russia, Russia has nukes,
0: nuclear yeah, bombs, yeah, right,
1: that's right, and so, right. so yep. Russia's acting with impunity on the people of Ukraine because the rest of the world's like yeah but they could they could go nuclear right and so we're going to we're going to this this deal while it's supposedly to prevent nuclear iran is is not going to do that and it's going to lift sanctions and the biden administration is going to use the the high oil prices as an excuse to say yeah well, you know it's you know it's it's been it's tough times we had to make tough choices and you know it, they're gonna they're gonna justify the the Iran deal and and be you know have the pats on the back from from the Washington Post and the New York Times and and all that to, for for having resurrected this deal, but it will it will create an incredibly bloody an incredibly bloody Middle East. I mean, the last time we had the deal, we released. Millions four hundred million dollars at least to to Iran, and then promptly sold four hundred million dollars worth of weapons to the saudis and we're wondering why the you know the, the Middle East was aflame right like it's it's ludicrous and it it's its baffles me that the this administration that anybody who's involved in negotiations is looking at this and going. Yeah, this is a good deal. Let's do this. It blows my mind, actually. Well,
0: unless unless really what you're hoping for is that they will uh, enter into, you know, the killing of one another. Like, right. I mean, if that's what you want, then um, being sure they have cash on one side and weapons on the other side to do it. No, I'm not saying it's a good idea. I'm saying, you know, it depends on what your political calculus is and your value of human life.
1: I guess, I guess, but hopefully well, that's You'd, not. The you're not as evil. The Biden yeah. administration. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. but like it's, it's just, yeah. I, I don't, I don't really get it. Actually, I mean, it's, it seems like, you know, it, it's not. It wouldn't be a, a good legacy project for, for Biden, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it. it I, I don't, I don't understand actually the political win here because it really is going to uh like create a much worse situation in the middle east than we have right now and i mean i mean maybe it's to get at the saudis but i don't this doesn't get at the saudis this is this is it, it, if anything it, what it does is it, is it actually creates a nuclear arms race in the near in the middle east it will it will will go from you know a nuclear a a nuclear uh, Iran and then suddenly have a nuclear Saudi Arabia the way that we had, um, you know, when Pakistan and India got nukes. I mean, they, Mm -hmm. I, I was, I remember, you know, at that time I was a missionary with and we had teams in India and Pakistan and we pulled them out because it Mm -hmm. was, it was actually looking like those two nations were going to start throwing bombs at each other. It was scary. And and they restrained themselves and now, you know, are in this kind of, uh, you know, peace with one another, you know, the the cold peace, you know, like, let's not nuke each other. But, it, 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 you know, there is that first, you know, they both got them. I mean, heck, when the U.S. and Russia first got them, we had the Bay of Pigs, right? And, uh, you know, and and we got, you know, I learned how to get under a desk in case of nuclear bombs. Yeah,
0: which, which wasn't going to do you a lot of good, but we 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 yeah. that I knew you had that <laughs> drill. M- mutually, mutually insured destruction. There's just nothing yeah. about that that sounds like uh, the Christian worldview.
1: Um, well, <laughs> let's take a
0: very brief break. You've you've mentioned Saudi Arabia a couple of times. There was a news headline um, on Sunday that I caught my attention. My eyebrows went up. I thought I'm going to ask Luke about that. Saudi Arabia executed 81 people on Saturday. I'm going to ask Luke Boone why. What is going on? That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Continuing our conversation with Luke Moon, you can find him on Twitter at LukeMoon1. Uh, He also works with the Philos Project. Um, You can find Philos at PhilosProject.com. I'm going to guess org. I don't have it pulled yep. up right now. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. So um, Saudi Arabia, you mentioned Saudi Arabia just a moment ago in the context of our conversation about Iran. Iran and Saudi Arabia, the primary difference is they have a different worldview related to the Islamic faith. Am I correct in that? And then their hatred of one another spills over into all kinds of places and spaces around the globe. Um, and then I want you to tell us what happened in Saudi Arabia on Saturday.
1: Yeah, so, so yeah, Iran and Saudi Arabia are—they they don't like each other at all. I mean, they hate each other. I mean, it's—there there is an ongoing civil war within Islam between Sunni and Shia forms of Islam, the two kind of major factions. I mean, it really almost, like, put it into the—like, you know, when, when the Catholics and Protestants uh, we're killing each other for a hundred years. I mean, literally, we call it the Hundred Year War. Uh, you know, that's that's what what Islam is going through right now. Is this you know ongoing? You know, the, the the Saudis and the are the are the Sunni and the Iranians are the Shia, and they're they're going at each other. On on Saturday, uh, Saudi Arabia executed eighty one men, uh, basically all at one time uh among them were were uh, seven yemeni and one syrian uh both they were they were killed for terrorism but others were were killed for uh deviant beliefs it's unclear what deviant beliefs include but yeah 81 people in one day that's that's quite a lot um
0: mm.
1: so yeah i i i'm you know i'm in the the camp that still supports capital punishments. Uh, you know, I think that the Bible says it, with you know, God's commandment to Noah, uh, if a man sheds the blood of a man, so shall his blood be shed for the in the image of God. God made men. And I think what God is getting at in that in, in that framing is God values uh, the his image and defaming or defacing the image of God, God takes that very seriously, and so should we mm-hmm.
0: okay I would um love to talk with you as well <laughs> about um no that's okay i can I can pivot turn. from a conversation I, I can turn on a dime man that's not that's not hard for me.
1: Know, you're 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 like a radio host <laughs> I you're am like so a radio like host
0: cool. i at least pl- i play one nearly every morning. <laughs>
1: You're like Um, people like say crazy stuff. You're like, okay, we'll move on.
0: No, it's not crazy (laughs) stuff. There will be people who will absolutely agree with you and others who won't. And they will all and they will all communicate with me one way or the other.
1: Which is, you know, happy, mm -hmm. happy Tuesday.
0: (laughs) This just makes my day great. I appreciate it. So um, Russia has been apparently asking China for um, support, military aid, specifically Drones um and we now know from the u s government that Russia was asking for those military drones prior to um their invasion of Ukraine. It sounds like Russia's not going to give them that kind of lethal aid because China doesn't have a particular interest in suffering the effects of u s sanctions so um what's your sense of what's going on? Um, I did hear one person say, no matter how this goes. Uh, China wins.
1: Yeah, I mean that's that that that's kind of true. I mean the, the nice thing for China is they kind of got to see what the <laughs> world would be like if they invaded Taiwan. I mean that's mm. that's uh, this, that's that's been really helpful because it did look like they were like, Ooh, you know, it's like Russia and China party time taking on sovereign states, right? Um, but they seem to have realized. Okay, wow. This is this could this could not be helpful. Uh you know, and the and the Russians don't have a you know, they don't have a lot of friends right now and supposedly China was one. Thing is like there's the China is right on on their border, right? And it's it's a pretty like uh you know, it's not a um a well sealed off border. There's supposedly more Chinese living in Siberia than Russians. Russians have had a population decline for basically since the nineties. Uh and and uh China needs land and needs needs uh commodities, needs uh you know, has has a lot of people to move around. And and Russia actually creates a soft target for them. So it's 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 um, you know having the drones would have been helpful. I mean the drones have, that Ukraine got from from Turkey have been very 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 effective, and I think that's you know what Russia was looking to to kind of counter and also have for its own arsenal, right? Because it's one thing to launch a a missile from 40 miles away and hoping you land on target. It's enough. It's another thing to be like flying over it. And spotting it from above and targeting it very, very precision, or in a very precisioned way. So, yeah, it's it's a it's a very it's an increasingly effective weapon on the battlefield, and and nations are looking to to acquire them, constantly if they don't make them themselves. And you know, I mean, obviously the tech isn't super hard. I mean, it's, yeah, it's not quite the same as you know the 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 small ones that. You know, people use for, you know, hobby and and and, you know, I mean, heck, the realtors are using drones these days, right? So, it's it's not like those military people do, right? They're they're bigger, they're bigger, yeah, they hold missiles, but they they're effectively the same, right? They fly. It's so crazy. I know it's so
0: crazy. I you know I yeah I I have (laughs) thoughts, but I'm not going to share them. Um, So. You are, like, probably among everyone that I know, the most well-traveled person in my yeah. in my life. <laughs> so, I'm wondering, have you spent any time in Eastern Europe? If so, have you ever been to Ukraine? And if so, on this Tasty Tuesday or Taste and See Tuesday, because I know you're a bit of a foodie, um, what would we be eating? You know, I... mean, I, may- I, Maybe not today in Ukraine, because today is not a good day to talk about what we'd be eating in Ukraine, but... Roll back the clock. What would we have been eating? What would we have been enjoying in Ukraine, had we traveled there?
1: Okay, I I didn't actually make it to Ukraine. I made it. I've done Poland, Hungary. Okay. Uh, like I've been in. I've been. That's as far east as as I got. I got close to Ukraine, but not close enough. But since since you're asking, um, there was this food, and it was I I'm I'm yeah. I, Blanking on which country. Everyone listening
0: is here to help, so just tell us what it was made of or what it was like.
1: It was. It was. It was like this. It was a. It was round, and it Mm -hmm. had sausage and cheese in the middle, and pastry Mm -hmm. dough around it. And you bought it on the on the street side for like you know, like they were a dollar or dollar fifty, and they were pure heaven in your mouth. I mean, just so good, so savory, and and. It was like a, a pastry,
0: sausage, cheese. <laughs> okay, not so there's a dumb. thing called ver, 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 veriniki that looks a little bit like that. All right. Um, then they have, you know, like the, the friend of the pierogi. They have the holobusti, which is like a stuffed cabbage. Um, okay. uh, oh, no, that then there's some nasty gelatinous thing. I'm not even going to. And we're not we're skipping over that. There's potato pancakes that have a fancy name that Uh, starts with a D. Daruni. Um, uh, Oh, chicken Kiev. I am making chicken Kiev. I know what's in a chicken Kiev. It hadn't occurred to me yet to make a chicken Kiev. I am. That's what I'm going to do now that I see it on the list.
1: Chicken Kiev.
0: Oh, chicken Kiev. Walnut stuffed prunes, and uh, and then like a fancy potato salad. Looks like it also has ham in it. Oh, I think I have landed upon your thing. Now, now, now Nicky. Nikki, thin pancakes, uh, filled with, um, sweet cottage cheese, canned berries, fried mushrooms, or sausage. There you go. Maybe, maybe it was a variety of this. I don't know. I'm going to keep looking for you. They look kind of like a, like a dumpling of sorts. I don't know. Okay. I'm going to keep checking. I don't, no, no. Oh, I'm, out of, I'm out of time. I got to go. Luke, okay. um, taste, taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen.
0: Have a blessed day. It's the Ides of March, so beware something as well. All right. That's Luke Moon. You can find him at the Philos Project, PhilosProject.org. We'll be right back. (laughs) Ah, Yeah, I appreciate all of the input um, related to Tasty Tuesday. Let us taste and see that the Lord is good and Let Christ be known in the breaking of the bread today. So if you're out there, um, you know, eating somewhere in public, just let me encourage you to have that mind. Um, May Christ be made known to others in the breaking of the bread. That might be a good way to share the gospel today in deed and word. we got another hour up next. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LeBurge from Faith Radio.